Welcome to the Sidious Mag Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Chavez. The Sidious Mag Podcast is presented by Garmin. This is a sponsor and product that I use daily. Garmin has released its latest round of Forerunner GPS running watches, and there's plenty to be excited about. The newest watches include the Forerunner 255, 255 Music, 255S, 255S Music, Forerunner 955, and Forerunner 9055 Solar. The Forerunner 255 family is the upgrade from the super popular 245. It's got all of your favorite functions from the previous edition and more battery life, Garmin Pay, and some cool features including a multi-band GPS, race day widget, and a morning report. So let's start with the multi-band GPS. This means that there's two signals from satellites coming down onto your watch to improve the GPS tracking so that your runs are more accurate with measuring the distance run and the pace that you're going at. The map also looks super clean once it shows up on Strava and Garmin Connect, so it shows that you're on the sidewalk and not in the middle of the ocean on those waterfront runs in the middle of the summer. The race day widget connects with the Garmin Connect mobile app and gives you a countdown to the number of days until your next race. It's got a pace pro feature that helps you stay on goal pace and factors in the race course if you load it onto the watch. They've got a projected race day weather forecast, and if you're up for it, they'll even suggest some workouts on what you should do for your next run to get you ready to hit your goals. It's fun and easy to get on your watch screen. The morning report is brand new and similarly gives you the day's weather, what you've got on your calendar for the day, and a recovery score that's pulled from your heart rate variability so you know how fresh you may feel for that day's run or workout and how you slept the previous night. For my triathletes out there, there's also a new triathlon mode so you can bike, swim, and run all during the same activity while logging your transition times. Take a look down at your wrist. You may have had that thing for a while. Treat yourself and upgrade today. Visit Garmin.com. And listeners, I have an update for you. Garmin has launched its summer sale. The Forerunner 255 Music is on sale for $399.99. They're also running sales on previous models of the Forerunner series this summer. So check those out today at Garmin.com. A moment now to shout out all of the supportive listeners that helped make this show possible. Many thanks to everyone who has backed us on Patreon. It seems like we've picked up several new followers, fans, and backers since the World Championships. You can catch all of our work from Eugene on YouTube, this podcast feed, Instagram, Twitter, and our newsletter. Our Patreon backers played a pivotal role in helping make all of it happen. So thanks everyone who has signed up in the past two weeks. I'd name you all, but it just takes way too long, and I'm sure everyone wants to get to this interview. If you want to join the loyal legion of backers that keep us going strong, sign up today at patreon.com slash Mag. On Patreon, you can donate anything from a dollar a month, and we even have some people who contribute 20 bucks a month. This all helps with travel, on-location coverage planning, editing, and so much more across all the different Sidious Mag shows. For those of you who are unable to commit to a monthly contribution, you can also make a one-time donation by sending any dollar amount over to Sidious Mag on Venmo. Consider Venmo like a virtual tip jar. We had a bunch of people chip in and send some tips on Venmo. Again, way too many people to name, but I appreciate the generosity. And last but not least, I'm grateful for all of you who take a moment to shout out the podcast on your Instagram stories and on Twitter. If you enjoy the episode or have a big takeaway, let us know. And if you haven't already done so, consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes' Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks, everyone, for your support. What you're about to hear is one of the many interviews that we recorded on Sidious Mag Live during the 10 days of the World Championships. It was our daily show on YouTube where we kicked back and chatted with some of the biggest athletes and personalities from the sport in our own backyard in Eugene, Oregon. If you want to watch the video for this interview, I've included it within our show notes. You can also find a whole playlist of the Sidious Mag Live shows on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe on there because we're planning to do more of these in the future at other major meets and events. 
So on behalf of me, my co-host Kyle Merber and John Anderson, as well as my producer, Mac Fleet, thank you for listening. Our next guest is the world championship bronze medalist in the 400 meter hurdles. One of the best stories in track and field all season. The man who doesn't get out of bed for more than $5. So I've got $10 right here to hand it. Appreciate that. Trevor Bassett. Welcome to the show. We have just, uh, I woke up excited for this one. How, How are you feeling? I feel good, especially since I just got ten dollars. So yeah. I feel really good about that. By the way, sixteen months ago, that would have been a violation. The poor kid would have lost his eligibility. Hey, now, now we're pro golden. Everything perfect. They didn't give you any prize money for that medal. Uh, not for a while. I won't. I won't see that for a little bit. But we'll get. It'll. It'll get there. Right, Tend to hold you what, over. Are we, what, are, what are they paying? I don't even know. What Was are the it, prices? It's, 50? 40? Oh, I wish. Uh, first, first gets seventy. Second gets thirty-five. Third gets twenty-two. Okay. Right. 22 is a weird number. It, I also Honestly, thought just so. 20. <laughs> or round no, 25. No, we'll, stay, we'll stick with 20. Either keep it at 22, round up to 25, either or. We don't need to right. drop the number. So that race, how many times have you watched it now? Honestly, one time. Really? I watched it with my family at their Airbnb after, mainly because I just wanted to hear like the commentary and everything, kind of see the broadcast, mm-hmm. like the show of it. I really only watched that one time. I'll probably go back and watch it more, but I kind of just watched it the one time. We saw you in the mix zone, I, and I spoke to you, and I, the question that he asked you at USA's, and it goes back to your original lap count interview in the winter, was, would you tell Hurdle 8? And that's really, honestly, where the big move was was made, because if, if people picked it up for the final 100 meters, you were sitting in what what place? It was like... I was in six. Yeah. Six so you place. closed... Hard. We need a right. shirt. Six Something about Hurdle about, Eight. Right. You and, and Hurdle Eight pays like thirteen hundred dollars. So six, you, you were thinking money. Six is not twenty-two. Not twenty-two. It's an even stranger number. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's an odd more, number. More, more abstract. It might be cents in there at that point. <laughs> um, no. So the good news is I've I've been talking to Hurdle Eight less and less because I've been getting so much more comfortable and better with it. For people that don't know the background, Hurdle Eight was always kind of my issue i would stutter going into it because this hurdle spacing was weird with the other hurdles i felt like i'd hit one so it just been weird i like have to mentally tell myself a cue to go into it but at this point things have been going so well knock on wood that mm. uh i just haven't really had to think about it that much i was kind of just running through it so hurdle eight's in the past now i don't worry about that it's just Ooh. like all the other That's hurdles yeah, it's just like all the other all, all the other hurdles. I'm still through. I'm still through with hurdle eight. That's the last one off the curve, right? Yeah. And then we got two as we and go then through. nine ten, nine and ten. By the way, you were way out there too to run this race. Yeah, I don't know how I got lane eight. The lane assignments have been kind of weird. It seems like for the finals, and I thought with me like I got a big Q, big Q energy with second in my heat. And fourth fast time overall, I was like, oh, I'll probably be in like seven or three, maybe I think six four. is the preferred lane in that track. I think they're giving, yeah, I think it's six because it's a nine-lane track. But I saw the lane draw was eight, and I was like, shit, okay. <laughs> it's like, like Rai said, like we had literally talked about it. I'm like, I'm in lane eight, he's in lane three. Like, it's, we just got to send it. It's got to be a full send. So Rai in the mix zone, 
like in addition he was happy with his silver medal which was great to see because like last year we obviously know how down he was after the tokyo olympics because he did everything he could got under the previous world record and came away with the silver and this time he was so thrilled and i think a big part of it and what he spoke about was the fact that he comes into these championships most times and he's mr solo dolo focused on him by himself you know gets into the right headspace something about the friendship that you two have struck in the past week really you know led him to say hey do you want to do blocks together and you guys did that and we saw it in the tackle afterwards where he just (laughs) hits it drills you to the ground and he was so amped for you can you take us through i guess like the past week and and this friendship that has blossomed because it's you know the buddy cop movie that we want (laughs) to see made yeah it's funny because for me everything's really coming full circle for me I remember, was it 2019, his last year at USC? when yes. Yeah, so when he went for, I remember sitting in my living room with my parents. I had just ran 51-3 to win the D2 championships. He then, I watched him go 47-02, and I was like, wow, this dude's insane. And then, like, he, like I said in multiple interviews, he's the standard for American 400 hurdling. So I've always kind of looked up to him and, like, trying to get to that level and like I, we'd cross paths at USA's, like maybe talk some things here and there. And it's funny, I didn't know Ryan knew who I was. It was <laughs> we're at the USA Championships. It was one of the practice days. I'm waiting for my parents to pick me up by the exit. Ryan, Michael, Norman are there with like their group. This is back in June. This is back in June okay. at USA's. And this kid walks up. He he like talks to Ryan, talks to Michael Norman, and he comes walk walk up and he was like, oh, he's gonna like ask me for like a picture or something. He goes hands me his phone he goes hey can you take a picture of us <laughs> with with so i'm like i'm like yeah no problem so i grab his phone like mid picture rye goes you don't want a picture of trevor bassett and i was like oh shoot he knows who i am oh. but you should have done the selfie like turned around oh yeah right. sure just totally tried it. to play it off but yeah so that kid that was a humbling moment for me going into the usa championships but then yeah like i was out at the practice track here uh ryan michael showed up i had blocks that day like i was getting hurdle set up and yeah, Ryan's like, hey, like, are you doing starts? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, you want to do starts with me? And I was like, yeah. Like, you're right, you're right, Benjamin. I'm not going to turn that down. And yeah, it's kind of from there. He, then he kind of learned my story a bit from there because his coach asked, like, oh, like, where's your coach at? And I was like, I'm right here. But, and then, yeah, and then I kind of went out of my way a lot more to kind of try to talk to him and be, pick up stuff from him, just kind of be around, like he said, he said, I have good energy. Rai has great en- energy. He's a great dude. I can't say enough nice things about the guy. So <clears throat> you mentioned the being self-coached uh, aspect of, of your training. Kyle, on the podcast uh, a couple nights ago, was recounting just exactly why your story is so amazing this year. It was You were holding back tears a little bit. I mean, emotional. it's special. <laughs> I, 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 it's funny. A lot of people have asked what the, like, the best moment so far is, and... Your, Joe Kovacs in the jacket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely the funniest. Um, but for me, you know, it wasn't a gold medal. It was your bronze medal. was the thing that, for me, was the most emotional because I was familiar with your story and I'd allow you to tell the story um, rather than me do it because it, it is yours. But for myself and maybe anyone who is previously familiar with it, I know mm-hmm. if, maybe if you didn't even know the story, it's just like, hey, who's this guy, uh, you know, that's not Rye Benjamin getting a medal. That's another American, too. Like, that's cool in and of itself. But then being aware of everything that you had dealt with in the past year, 
that highlight of the championships and I can't imagine something topping it. Yeah, so kind of what had happened was, uh, so I get going to the U.S. Olympic trial seated third overall with a 48.80, which is insane to think about 48.80 being third at the U.S. now with how mm-hmm. this event's taken off. But I end up placing eighth. Uh, I was very detrained going into the meet. I hadn't been able to run for a month because of an ankle injury in both ankles. And then I'm watching the Tokyo Olympics at my house. Watching, I forced myself to watch the 400 hurdles because like I I know it's gonna hurt, but like I need to watch it. And obviously Ryan Carson run their times right 45 9 46 1 Allison 46 7 and I will there was a three-day stretch where I was like should I like think about switching to the open 400 or the 200 but I was like no like just stay with it and I was having a text conversation with my head coach Judd Logan and we were talking about the race and I just said, I was like, yeah, like, I guess I got to step my game up. The world record's now three seconds faster than my lifetime best. And then he goes, and then people have seen the post, because I posted it, of him saying, you'll be in the final at World Championships in Hayward. Like, I believe that. Hashtag get that lane. And then he sends, in classic Judd fashion, he goes, he's like, I'll screenshot this. So when it happens, it'll I'll put it out. It'll make for a good tweet. And Judd ended up passing away in January from covid related pneumonia he was diagnosed with leukemia in 2019 and beat it like destroyed it you would have never known seeing him talking to him he just brought the same energy any day every day and so he passed away in january in september my longtime coach coach clark he called me into his office he was very emotional and he said hey i'm leaving like the better opportunity for my family. We're going out to San Jose state. So no hard feelings. I'm still very close to them. We talk all the time. In fact, he helped me with my training for, for worlds between USA's and worlds. So he leaves. So I'm kind of left, especially once January hit the two staples of Ashland that were the main reasons I chose Ashland were gone. And it was kind of trying to adjust from that. It forced me and my fellow fifth-year teammates to really kind of step up and be that steady hand for people. And then I make the indoor world team, and I'm on a 10-hour flight from Aust- Austria back home after the meet. I land in New Jersey, take my phone off airplane mode, phone blows up, and the sprint coach we had brought in was then, they went separate ways. Him and the school went separate ways. And they our coaches told the team that, they asked who the hurdle coach was going to be. And they're like, oh, we'll, we'll ask Trevor when he gets back. And I had heard nothing <laughs> about it until I got back. And then I was like, yeah, like, okay. I've, I've always kind of viewed myself as a student of my event. I've saved workouts. And I have every workout I've done in college written down on my laptop. So I kind of went back, pieced things together, consulted with my old coach on making sure I made the program, sent it to him, be like, hey, make sure I'm not going to like kill anybody doing this sent him the hurdle workouts for the team, good to go. Wrote the hurdle workouts for the team. Then I wrote my training from the end of D2 Nationals, which is the last week of May, to USA's. Went through there, which that was a really tough time mentally of being like, because I hadn't PR'd yet. Like going into the USA Championships, my personal best was still 48.80 from a year before. And training by yourself, there's not a coach there. My fiance comes out every now and then. I have teammates out there every now and then. It's really hot out. Training for the 400 hurdles is not a very 
it's not for the faint of heart. So I was really struggling mentally going into that. We have the big breakthrough. Each round, I just felt better and better at USA's. 47-4, make the team. And then I texted my coach again. I said, hey, like, I, you need to write my training. Because I can write a taper for myself, but I can't write, like, rebuilding up and, like, continuing a taper. Like, I can't do that yet. And he was more than happy to help. I was in constant communication with him, texting him every day. My fiance would come out on hurdle days to record so I can look at videos, make sure hurdle splits are where I want to be, have teammates coming up every on certain workout days, splitting reps. I thought I killed my friend Channing one day with a 300-200. He was laying under a bench for a good 15 minutes, but he survived. And I did, I did tell my teammates, I said, if you guys come out and train with me, I will buy you dinner. I will get. It's not gonna be a fancy dinner. <laughs> we got an Applebee's in Ashland. I'll get you something there. D two after ten o'clock when appetizers are yeah, off. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, that I feel like that pretty much sums up the story a little bit. <laughs> but I feel like Doctor Evil. Pretty standard stuff. Yeah. 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 You know. <laughs> well, I, I just you know for those who maybe aren't familiar with Judd's story, like you know. An unbelievable athlete in his own. Oh right. my gosh! Four-time Olympian in the four, four-time Olympian, and which you don't see a lot, especially in the throwing events. Four-time Olympian. Um, he would have made a fifth Olympic team, but on his first throw at the trials, he tore every ligament in both elbows. Oh my gosh! <laughs> he was never able to straighten his arms fully, so he always walked around just kind of like that because he could not fully straighten his arms. But so four-time Olympian, he. There are so many Judd stories about like just him as an athlete doing ridiculous things that I could literally do a podcast on it for a month. And and then also at Ashland he was the staple like fifty something NCAA championships. Is that yeah? Correct? Oh, I couldn't. The amount of national champions and all Americans he had there, coach there for twenty twenty seven years total. Mm-hmm. I think twenty five as the head coach. And I mean. We won three team titles back to back to back. And at a D2 school where our indoor facility up until this past year was a 147-meter bank track built in the 60s. Four lanes. Boards? Yep. Wooden boards. You run, and you just hear boom, 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 boom of the boards. Super sketchy. When you're going around the one turn where they throw a hammer into the net, you kind of got to look and make sure. Because then also off to the side in the wall, there's like five holes from where a hammer <laughs> slipped out of someone's hand and went through the wall. Very, very not safe, but it produced a lot of national champions. So you're in sixth place with 100 meters to go, less yeah. than 100 meters to go. Yeah. You basically dive at the finish line. <laughs> On TV, I don't even know if you realize that your name was fourth initially. I, I did end up seeing that mine was fourth initially. In the stadium, we it was a long wait before we knew. Fifteen seconds to be exact. And like you know, I <laughs> the <laughs> longest fifteen seconds the of longest, your life, counting. longest of my life. And you know, it 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 just is. It's such a perfect story. Like the was it his birthday? Just yes. Re, was it on that day, day? The finals day was his birthday. I mean, it, it's <laughs> the, all of these things coming together is why it's so special. And yeah. What's the outpouring been like since? It's been. I mean, my phone's still, I'm pretty much bringing a portable charger with me everywhere because <laughs> by the time I open and close a social media page, I have more notifications. It's been unbelievable. And I'm really happy. And I was touched by the tribute NBC did with me. 
in the ch in the call room they put up a graphic and everything they told the story and i really appreciate that because it meant a lot to me and so many people that judd had touched and i mean one of my favorite things to say now is that judd was not much of a runner in his day as a hammer thrower but he he runs those races with me and i mean i did go back and look at the race from my fiance angle because she records the race then records the board they put up rise time and from the time between rise mine is 15 seconds which thinking about how instantly results pop up is a really long time and i also didn't blink when the time <laughs> when the time when rise time popped up i was staring at the board i was like i don't want to blink because i don't want to miss it did you think you had it i did i i thought i had it but then it's 15 seconds is a long time to just be in your own thoughts and I was like, oh, it's Indoor Worlds all over again, where I lost, missed out on a world title by 0.05. And then I was like, no, but I think I got him. I think I got him. And my time popped up, and I just I shot both arms up in the air, <laughs> and I turned to go to the cameras because I had it planned. Fred Curley took the silencer. So I did the silencer after USA's. Fred Curley did it after he won. So I was like, that's gone. I cannot do that, especially if I don't win. I can't do the silencer. Like That was such a great moment. Like I can't top that. <laughs> So I turned to the cameras. I'm like, oh, my teammate Channing gave me the idea. Do the Steph Curry. Right. The sleep because everyone's sleeping on you. I was like, perfect. So I turn to the cameras. I do an arms cross. And as I'm going into it, just get trucked by Rye Benjamin. <laughs> how much did that hurt? Not at all. It was, I think because, you know how quarterbacks say when they get hit from the blind side, it doesn't hurt that bad because they're so like loose and relaxed. They weren't expecting it. Sure. I feel like I relate to that now. Okay. <laughs> so any NFL college football quarterback, I got you. I know. Yeah. I know what it feels like. The Sidious Mag podcast is also brought to you by Article One. Article One is an independent eyewear brand on a mission to create athletic sunglasses that transcend sport. As runners, the designers behind Article One had never found a pair of technical sunglasses that matched their style. So, they decided to make their own. Designed with your entire day in mind, Article One takes you from a long run in the morning to drinks on the patio to wind down in the evening. Their timeless silhouettes, paired with technical components like adjustable silicone nose pads, polarized lenses, and spring hinges, create running sunglasses that stand alone. I run in Article One's park frames in amber, on my runs in Central Park, they're perfect for the summer with polarized lenses that block out 100% of UVA and UVB rays. When you're going fast, you hate when sunglasses start to slip or bounce around. That's no problem due to those silicone nose pads, which adjust to any size. They also have ends that wrap around the ears for that little bit of extra grip. I also just rock these walking around the city and sitting poolside. They don't look like your typical running sunglasses. They've got the look of the type of sunglasses you'd pick up in a store in Soho. It's been a long time coming, but Article One just released their newest evolution of their active frames. Say hello to Clifford, the H, Baron, Emmeline, and Moon. Article One is offering 20% off to Sidious Mag listeners with code Sidious at checkout. Go to Article One, that's O-N-E, eyewear.com, and enter Sidious at checkout to save 20% today. Back to the show we go. So I have, can I have two questions real quick? First yeah. off, uh of all this outpouring the most unique or uh the person that you've heard from that you went wow that person found my number and and sent me a congratulations Ooh, that's a good one because i also feel bad because especially on social media there's been a lot of messages that i've missed just mm -hmm. because i mean there was so many most of the text messages i got from people i had already known because okay. my phone number doesn't get out there too much thankfully <laughs> but 
I think just the outpouring from mainly like the Ashland alumni of like the Ashland track and field or people that really knew Judd, like Ashley Kovacs reached. I talked to her a bit in the weight room when I first got here. And then like a, she's been very great with the, with the responding to everything, the outpouring, everything. And it's, that's, that's probably the one is Ashley's been really great about it. And then the follow-up question, cause I'm going to beat Kyle to it is, uh, how exactly did you find these messages on your phone when the phone seemed to be MIA? Let's hear about this celebration <laughs> post-race, Travis. Yeah, so... <laughs> a little less traditional than going to Denny's. Yeah, I I wish I would have gone to Denny's, but so... Everybody does now, right? Yeah, like Denny, Denny's is the spot. No free shout-outs, Denny's. Um, <laughs> IHOP also great. Oh, yeah, I got I got IHOP the other day. <laughs> IHOP. Um, but no, so you're not allowed to have your phone when any electronics when you go into the call room and i forgot my phone was in my bag so i was like oh i grab it rye hands it to his coach i see daniel roberts i was like oh like d rob and i know each other like we're good we're friends whatever so i take out my phone i'm like hey d rob can you hang on to my phone for my race and he's like oh yeah i was like if you leave because he's in the med tent i'm like if you leave the med tent just like put it on one of the tables he's like yeah i got you <laughs> so finish the race go through media, and then we're just sitting in this area waiting for the press conference. And Rye gets his phone from his person, and one of the Team USA people comes by. I'm like, hey, can you go get my phone? They're like, yeah, who has it? Like, Daniel Roberts. He leaves, comes back five minutes later. He goes, D-Rob says he doesn't have it. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I'm like, I told him just leave in the med tent. So it's probably on, like, on like one of the coolers on the side. He was like, all right, cool. Goes out there, comes back. He's like, it's not in the med tent. I'm like, what do you mean? It's not in the med tent. And <laughs> Daniel this, wouldn't do that to you. And at no. this, yeah, at this point, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I know my phone's on. Like, I want to text like my family. Like, I have some time before I go to the press. I was like, I want, I really want my phone right now. And they're like, we'll, we'll work on, we'll get it back to you after the press conference. I'm like, okay, cool. So I finished the press conference. He's the first person I see when I walk out the door is the Team USA guy, Chris. And I'm like, you got my phone? He's like, no luck. So I'm like, okay, um, well, I'm going to go to drug testing. This will be a little bit. So he's, I was like, did Dan say put it somewhere? He's like, he said he put it on the massage table. I'm like, okay, go check there. Check on the ground around. Maybe it was in a bag. He's like, yep, I'll do that. Get out of drug testing. I'm like, you find my phone? He's like, no. I'm like, all right, let me go look. We walk out of the building. I'm like, oh, it's dark out now. Because last time I was outside, it wasn't dark. <laughs> and so we go to the tent. They're like, oh, hey, the team tent's like tied up. So I then roll underneath the tent to get in there. I'm like, can I borrow your phone so I can use the flashlight? So I'm using the flashlight, shining around. And he goes, oh, I'll call. I'm like, great idea. Phone's on Do Not Disturb. Because I put on Do Not Disturb when I warm up because I don't want my music getting interrupted. And so I'm like, okay. So we keep looking for it, can't find it. And my agent, Karen, bless her soul, she's like, hey, we'll take you to your fiance. She has an iPhone. She's find my iPhone. I'm like, perfect. She's like, it's probably back at Team Hotel. Honestly, Jeez. I'm like, it's probably in Daniel's bag. So we leave the track, drive to my family's Airbnb. I get in the car. I'm like, so where's my where's my phone? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you said you tracked. She's like, yeah, I don't have it. I'm like, obviously you don't have it, but where is it? She's like, oh, it's in the stadium. This is hours after you finish. It's 11.30 at this point. It is 11.30 at night. Have you had a single beer or anything? No. You haven't celebrated one bit. Terribly dehydrated. (laughs) So, haven't haven't celebrated at all. Because the second I got out of drug testing and would have, I'm like, I need my phone. So, we drive back to the stadium. We get as close as we can with, like, roads being blocked off. 
So me and my fiance are jogging in there. There's like security guys are like, hey, hey, hey. I hold my grandma's phone. I'm like, I'm an athlete. Left my phone. I'm still in my jersey. <laughs> I'm in my jersey with my bib on. I'm like, I left my phone. It's in there. Like, okay, go ahead. So I go in there. We get to the warm-up area. I'm like, where does it say it is? She's like, it's over here. And it looks like it's in the med tent. So I go into the med tent. I walk up to her. I'm like, it says it's right here. And then the phone refreshes and it like bounced. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so now I moved. And then I tried to ping it. I didn't have it saved as a device on our phone, so you can't ping it. Because I feel like back in back in the day, when I was in, <laughs> like when I was in, years ago, yeah, like five years ago when I was in high school, you could just ping your phone from anyone. It's like it wasn't a hard thing to do. So I then get out from, I roll out from the tent. I'm like, I can't believe you're just navigating around <laughs> in, at 11:30 at night. And right. honestly, this is answering a lot of questions I had about the whole legend head oh, yeah, situation. The mascot head getting stolen. I heard about yeah, that. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's like, what? But the, it doesn't so seem I'm, like it's impossible. I'm just navigating this turf field outside of Hayward where like all the team med tents are. And I'm like, it says it's in the call room. I'm like, there's no way. Like they wouldn't let you in the car unless you had to race. So I'm in the call room. I'm like turning over chairs, like looking around corners. There was a printer box I looked inside. I was like, there's no way. But I'm like, maybe. So, and it's not in there. So I'm like, okay. It says it's in this, the World Athletics Med Tent. So I'm like, let me go in here. It I go says in there. specifically. It's in well, the World like, Yeah. Yeah. The sign, it says, check this tent. So I go in there and it's, it's not in there. So I'm like, it says it's like over here. So I get out from the town, like looking around. I at this point, I get informed that Oregon doesn't have sales tax. I'm like, okay, I can just go buy an iPhone tomorrow. You do have twenty two thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I got a little payday. Got a little, got a little payday coming in. But so I then, I'm like, it says it's like right in between the tents. But I'm like, there's no way because just between the tents, there's like two chairs, a TV, and like an AC unit. So like, I'm like. I'm just so I'm like, I'm just going to walk over here. So I walk over there and I look and I look down and sitting on the chair, face up, screen up, out in the open is my phone. <laughs> and I'm like, so I say, I get back to this, I get back to the team hotel the following morning and they're trying to find I was like, I told them where I found it. And they're like, oh yeah. And they're like, Daniel was watching the race on that TV and he must just like set the phone down there and forgot about it. I'm like, oh, he must have. <laughs> he must have. So by the time I ran, the race went at 7.50. By the time we got, we did the victory lap, got through media, drug testing, it was probably about 10. By the time I get to my phone and take it off, do not disturb, it is like 11.45. Wow. And <laughs> unread texts, I was at, I want to say 75 roughly. And then the my Instagram and Twitter, uh, it just mine, it just said like 25 plus. <laughs> I had Facebook notifications off, thankfully. And I mean, there were so like it got to the point in the night where like I was going through just like liking the message, like like I'm like, I can't respond to all of these. Copy so, paste. Yeah. <laughs> so to people that sent me like a heartfelt message on social media, I just responded with a heart, I'm sorry, but there was a lot going on. <laughs> so how did you sleep after all of that? Marvin didn't sleep after his 100 medal. Oh, I'd believe it. Um, I mean, I got I got about two hours. <laughs> By the time I got to my room, I did feel tired. But I laid in my bed because I got to my room at like 3 a.m. Rolled around, tossed and turned for a while. I looked at my phone like 
wide awake. And I was like, it's 6 a.m. I was like, all right, I guess I'm getting up at 6 a.m. <laughs> and I just sat on my phone on social media till about like 7.30 when Trey got up. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to shower and then go downstairs. So, so my question now is after two hours of sleep, are we... It, are you maybe on the four by four, or are we done? Are you allowed to tell us? Because I'm. So here's here's what I'll say. You were second indoors at the world at championships. World, I feel like I feel like I can run a little bit, but so. What if we I, just did a hurdle only four by four? Like we throw you, Grant, now, Rye. Now here's the question: hurdle only mixed four by four. Me, Rye, Delilah, Sydney. <laughs> Disgusting. World record. Well, oh, easily. And that won't get touched. But so what I would say is I told the relay coach the first the first day I got here, the eleventh, I happened to be on the relay coach with the or I had to be with the relay coach in the elevator. And I was like, we were just sitting there, it was kinda of quiet. I was like, need a four by four guy. Let me know. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> so they they know I'm interested. I've never turned down a four by four before and I don't plan on it if they need me these legs are ready to go if not I get it so I'm kind of kind of my flight leaves the 23rd at like one mm -hmm. so tell you soon. they need to let me know soon so we can get some flights moved right. around but I wouldn't I'd love to be on the 4x4 okay how about we give you you give me that mixed 4x4 four four, go against the world but you have the hurdles you probably still win I mean, yeah. If we and that would be close. <laughs> you think so? Oh, yeah. actually, uh, I don't know. Cause I mean, you want to take a, bring on the Dominicans and let's go. I think. I mean, I don't know I because really I don't think that math drama. adds up. I don't know because I, I mean, I want to see it. I like, think let's be, say the drama would be great. Like, I mean, let's say like all four of us have hurdles. Yeah, you guys got to run the hurdles. Every other country, in the like no hurdles. You have a forty-four point in you in the four hundred <laughs> hurdles. If I if I did if I did this medal would be shinier. I'm you, and the payday happen. would be bigger. I, I want to see you guys. I feel like you take, you still take top three. I think if you give two of us hurdles, maybe. Can we see the medal? Yeah. Let me move. Let me move the ten dollars. Oh. <laughs> the 20, spot right 22, there. Twenty-two thousand and ten dollars. Where, wow. Where are you going to put this? Where I'm going to put this around my neck at some point. Yeah. yeah. Throw, throw it on. on. Throw it on. Throw it on. Now, did you dig the new way they do that, where you get the medal right away oh, and then you awesome. got to give it back? You're in on that. Um, I didn't. I be honest. I didn't love giving it back. Right. But oh, you do give that one back. That's yeah, because then they have to the do. Metal. They got. They got to do the engraving on it the is back. The metal. No, no, that's the same one. It's the same uh, one. And but they take it from you while you go do some stuff. Yeah. So you do the victory lap. You do some media with it, and then you know how they give us the chips and our bibs. When they take the chips back, they take the metal also. Which I was like, dang, like. Really? Do they I have someone right engraving? Sure they spelled your name right. I hundred percent. That was the first thing I checked. The amount of times my name is spelled, been spelled B A S S I T, or E T T, or one S. Like, there's kind of three potential places to screw up the spelling of your <laughs> yeah. last name. The S's, the, the e S's, I, and the, the I or E and the T's. Yeah, yeah. that's that's tough. I'm put that right there for safekeeping. <laughs> sure, you don't want to. What uh, was behind the sunglasses at the press conference? You know. So I'm gonna shout out to Rye. It was his idea. We were literally getting ready to walk in the press conference. Rye goes, "Can we wear like glasses for these?" They're like, "Yeah," and he just like looked at me, and I was like, "Yeah, for sure." <laughs> Granted, I mean, I only got asked one question, which is fine, but yeah. Well, and and we I did just, an emergency pod. We left the stadium because we were just so amped. Just up. amped. Mac and I immediately sprinted back. We were live here talking about it within ten yeah. minutes of. You know the race finishing right yeah so the sunglasses and and i was just like 
it's just a cool thing to do, you know? <laughs> like, they got they got the picture of Marvin in the call room with the sunglasses on. Yeah. This episode of the Sidious Mag Podcast is also presented by Hydro, a state-of-the-art rowing machine designed to transform the way you work out. Named Best Connected Rower in the Men's Health Home Gym Awards, rowing on the Hydro works out 86% of major muscle groups, compared to only the 44% from cycling. That's twice the benefit in half the time. It's a perfect low impact workout to add to your training cycle for both endurance and resistance training. I've actually seen some of the top professional marathoners using Hydro as a way to swap out their easy mile days to work up a little 20 minute sweat row. You can use a 10 minute breath row as a warm up or cool down before a big workout or tackle one of the workouts on the Hydro. I know one of the things with at-home workouts is that you spend a bunch of time trying to figure out what class goes with what. Hydro provides the best full-body workout. You don't have to figure out what classes to pair together. It's so much work because you're getting upper body, lower body, and core all in a single workout. Hydro's workouts are filmed live outdoors on waterways around the world from Boston to Seattle to Miami to London. Plus, one membership comes with unlimited profiles for the whole family. So you'll have access to live and on-demand workouts, including rowing, Pilates, yoga, strength, conditioning, and more. With Hydro, you're guaranteed to get an incredible workout and experience a full body endorphin high. It's the Hydro High. Learn more at Hydro.com. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com. And for a limited time, you can use code Sidious100 for $100 off the rower and that's stackable with any of their current offerings, visit hydro.com and use Sidious 100. Back to the show we go. I asked you in the mix zone about the Domino's games, and <laughs> can you, I guess, like, for the people watching this time around, explain a little bit more about just, I mean, were they taking your money? Like, or, Oh, no, 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 okay. no. I, I, know, I know better than to make sure I know 100% what game I'm playing before I put money on it. But... Um, so yeah, I was just hanging out in the lobby, and they were looking for something. They're like, like Trevor, you know how to play dominoes? I was like, Yeah, I know how to play dominoes. Because me and some of my teammates, we played dominoes in the team hotel at Nationals. So I was like, Oh sweet, I got this. So we're playing, we're playing dominoes, and it's going pretty standard. Like I feel like I know what I'm doing. Then at one point, Marvin goes, Wait, wait, wait. I'm like, What? He's like, I'm going to tell you this one time. He's like, Count your score. I was like, What do you mean score? <laughs> Because the way we played, it was just kind of like you add, you line up with it's the same number you line up until you run out of dominoes. And so I was like, I was like, score. He's like, you have ten points right here. I go, how? <laughs> and they kind of started laughing. I was like, how? They're like, they're like, count it. I was like, they're dominoes. Do I count all the dominoes? <laughs> like, they're like the edges. So then I kind of started to figure it out. And then I they started tricking me, because I started to figure out that every time they looked at me, I would score. Then at some points, it was mainly Vernon. Vernon would look at me, and he'd be like, you score there? And I was like, no. He's like, he's like, all right, just checking. Just checking. Wait, so who's in this game? Me, Marvin Bracey, Vernon Norwood, and Fred Curley. I love the, the response the, tweet. Someone said, I don't know what's going on here, but these are some 1950s yeah, names. That was, Vernon, Marvin, that, and Fred. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was my buddy Connor from my high school. Um, it's funny, too, because when he said it, you look at it, and you're like, yeah, those are those are 1952 <laughs> names. And, Marvin. and then the amount of the amount of times Fred goes, that's 20. I'm like, no, it's not. And he's like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. I will say, by the end of the game, I get it. I, they say I don't know how to play. I know how to play. 
They, so I, they say I'm retired, though. I think <laughs> I, I'm saying I think it's because they're scared. So I saw Fred after the press conference, the first one that they did with all the U.S. athletes, and I was out there talking with Coach Francique when he rolled in, and I said, "What's up with uh, the Dominoes and and Trevor?" I said, "It seems like maybe you're you're being mean." <laughs> no, he just don't know how to play. I said, "Well, did you teach him?" No. I said, "Did you take him for money?" Man, that didn't even be fair. We don't pay for money, but he'd be. Well, you'd have been twenty-two thousand. Yeah, they, basically, they, is what they, he was saying. Is yeah. At some point, they're like, we we were hard on him, but we were merciful because at oh, no point did we take his cash because we nice. could have absolutely yeah, definitely. sent they, him out buck naked into the world with nothing left. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like <laughs> it wasn't like they were hard. They were harsh, hard on me. It wasn't. <laughs> It's just stuff. It's, yeah. it's the but boys. they didn't take your money, so that was didn't cool. Take, said, didn't yeah, take they my did money. Not, they did not. Like, they realized at some point this is a mercy. We can't do that. I will say, though, I am undefeated in Madden at the Team USA Hotel. Okay. And he's busy, but Arian Knighton has been ducking me all week in Madden. <laughs> oh, wow. He's been ducking me all week. I think maybe after tonight he'll be ready. We'll see. Who do you play as? Tighten up. I'm a Titans fan. Die okay. hard. I'll play with anybody, though. Okay. Anybody? Tighten up. Is there a gamer tag out there? You float out to see if you've got fans out there who want to play with you. I'm not. I'm not putting that out there. Okay. <laughs> so, so th- this year it sounds like you spend a lot of time, you know, training yourself, your fiance, huge yeah. help. Do you know what you're doing now? Like, what are you gonna? Did you like that? You know, coaching yourself in many no. ways, or <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know what I'm doing next. Um, I have. I know I have options out there. Once I kind of get back from this trip, I'm going to take like a week off, really just kind of like be back home, be with my family, stuff like that. Done with the season. Yeah, I'm shutting down after this. Cool. Uh, 40, 40 plus races is enough for me. <laughs> so I don't know what other people's race count was in that 400 hurdle final, but I was saying that I think if you added them all up, out of all the other seven guys, I think I still might have him beat. That I mean, Carson came Carson in. Carson with three. Three if you count the prelims. If you count, if you count each round, which I do. I mean, it's 400 hurdle races. on. That's tough on your legs. So Carson with three. I think Rye had six or seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know about anybody else. But I feel like it'd be close. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, no Diamond Leagues. I'm, in, uh, I'm curious. The only Diamond League meet left that has the 400 hurdles before the final is Poland, which is up. I think the Poland meets like August 6th. And I I was open to doing that, but then kind of after talking about it with my agent, we're like, there's not really like too much of a point. Like obviously there's prize money getting a Diamond League experience and all that, but I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> uh, Ashlyn, right? You're winning all these things, D2, right? You're, you're, you're a wrecking crew. Yeah. Tell me about how it is we, you go from, oh, wow, that's right, Benjamin. Or you see these guys and go, oh, wait, because I'm always curious about that transition to, and my time looks like it could be there, mm-hmm. but now you're in there and you go, no, wait, this is now my peer group. It's a new peer group, but that takes yeah. some adjustment. What's that transition like to where you go, I, I belong in this lane? I think and it with takes, this group? yeah, I think it always takes me like a race or two because for me, going in so i'm always more nervous for the prelims and semifinals than i am the final because the prelims and semifinals you want to run hard but you don't want to run too hard whereas the final you're just going mm-hmm. so for me for the final i was sitting there i whenever i'd get nervous i'd think about it i'm like i mean my pr is 47.4 if i just go out and just run hard then i'll put myself in position to medal and even then like 
I mean, was it weird the first day looking around at the warm track and like, oh, there goes Karsten or like, oh, there goes Allison. And it's so that was kind of had to get past that a little bit mentally. But it just it just takes a race for me. It takes like one race to kind of settle in Mm -hmm. and being I will say being at Indoor Worlds helped a lot of like being on a global stage rep and obviously outdoors significantly more intense at least for the 400 hurdles than indoor with the 400. But I do think that experience helped a lot. And then, like I told people in the media after USA's, if you make the USA team, you you belong and you have a right. real shot to medal because this is not, it's the hardest team in the world to make. What is what is your true. record, by the way, all time against Farholm? One and zero. One and zero. Not a lot of guys that are, that are you know yeah they have an edge over them. That's pretty. Don't impressive. A, don't ask my record versus Rye Benjamin. <laughs> it's zero and seven. You were saying that you're a student of the sport. Are you a track nerd like through and through? Yeah. What's an event you like that's not the four hundred hurdles? That maybe you know maybe not even in the sprints. Yeah, like if just I, like, what's so, a, what, what's a, the the low key of the event that you're most excited that I, for? That, that I lo- people that wouldn't expect at all. If I could so I'll answer it this way. If I could choose any event to be good at that I don't do, it would be either hammer or triple jump. I can, the amount of minutes off my life I've wasted just watching like triple jump videos really? on like Instagram like the slow motion ones it's insane it's so cool to me and then hammer I feel like there's not a cooler feeling in the sport than the hammer you have those really fast turns and you just stick and let that thing go and you just watch it fly that has to be such a cool feeling it no practice? they wouldn't let me really <laughs> hammer <laughs> at least even Judd wouldn't he wouldn't give you a shot at that I asked him once, he said, do you, he's, he would always answer the same thing if a sprinter asked if they could throw a hammer. He'd be like, well, he's like, we'll take you out of the sprints. You're gonna red shirt. You're gonna put on about 70, 80 pounds in a year. And then we'll talk. And I'm like, okay, so no, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do it. Triple jump, my, my legs would snap. Yeah, yeah the, those, the, I, honestly, I think the triple jumper might be one of the best athletes in, it's so, in all of so the impressive you have to watch it in field. slow motion to really appreciate for thing. sure or if you just or the meets when they have like the mics next to the tracks so you can hear the impacts it's insane yeah. and it, when it's done right it's one of the most graceful most elegant things when it's done well and then when it's done poorly and you look at like that guy looks like an absolute klutz right the, the line between really good in that event and and a guy who looks just amateurish is is remarkable i think the I think the top three probably coolest things in track that you could do after like an event or a race is the high jump. The bar is so high you walk underneath it. Oh, That's up there. Yeah. Um, like I said, the hammer you just throw, you just watch it go, you yell at it, point whatever. <laughs> longer triple, longer triple jump. You land, you just get up and sprint out the pit because you know it's just You're a, a field far guy. jump. Oh, I love field events. Wow. Uh, and then obviously like the hundred, like Fred just pretty much ran a four hundred. <laughs> like you, you finish the hundred, you just keep running. Right. That has to be a really cool feeling. I, in my head, I picture like if I get a medal, like I'm like I'm just gonna take off running. I, my legs were so tired. I was ready, so I was like, I'll stay right here. I'll right. stay right here. Right. Fred ran what was a nine eight, and then he ran uh, forty eight for the four hundred. Yeah. That whole race as he just kept going around. Vernon sat in that seat and said he might try. An 800 next year. Would you drop in that race and make that's, a bet with him? That's not funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that. No. 
I am I am not I've ran 1800 in my life. How'd it go? So, it was after was when it faster than I ran today in the media 800 no. was the question. Oh, no. Yeah, I got to ask how that went. So, he we was thrown up. <laughs> so, we had it was after winter break. We had our first meet at the University of Finley, which is a 200 meter flat track. Nice. And they said, "Trevor, you can either run the 500 or the 600." I said, "Can I run the 800 instead?" And they're like, yes, which I still, to this day, I think that was a better choice. I've ran a 500 and I never want to do that again. I will not run a 600. It will not happen. But the 800 I ran after conversion for the flat track, too flat. All right, so I held you, you off just Yo, barely. held me off. Do you go up against the Heidelberg seconds. student princes too as well? They're, they're a lot I've, ra- I've raised not, Heidelberg a time or ten. They're not, not below you? Okay, that's television's John Bucci-Gross is a Heidelberg student prince. Oh, okay. That's why I asked, yeah, greater Ohio area. So, Trevor, I mean, is there going to be a parade for you when you get back home, or what's, hey, what's, what's the plan? I mean, I'm going to have an ice cream cake in my house. I, can, I don't know about a parade or nothing, but... Sounds Are you going better. to Denny's tonight? or? Oh, well, you have to find out about the 4x4. Four four we got to wait and see if they're, if I'm in the 4x4 four four or not. Might, might have to make a stop at Denny's. So the Denny's at the, near the team hotel has become the thing. Well, like, like Tunde said, by the time you finish your event, everything's closed. Denny's 24 hours, and it is literally walking distance. And you it's find right there, yeah. Phone. You get the Outback, but that closes at 9. You can't yeah, be there. I mean, why, why, is, why are places closing so early still, man? Yeah, welcome to Eugene, <laughs> Oregon, right? Well, I'm from Ashland, and places don't close that early. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, before we go, we got to make sure that you sign the flag. Oh, yeah. for sure. Here it is. The this bronze. Is the one. Definitely get. We want that, and then we definitely want a picture here. to commemorate. Yeah. yeah oh, this for side, sure. This here. side's gotten really empty over here. I will say, I noticed those cornhole boards back there. Yeah, you and can if go, there's, go if, throw some bags. If there's something us Ohio people know, it's cornhole. You guys call it <laughs> cornhole, not bags. Well, it's cornhole, so yeah. we call it cornhole. <laughs> call it cornhole. So you got I, I will. I will say, uh, Stefan beat me yesterday. That in, was that was tough. In New York, we don't call it anything because no one has a backyard. <laughs> My boy Steve Levy, born out on Long Island, he used to tell me he went to summer camp, and that's the only time he saw grass. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have it as yard. He goes, Anderson, you don't understand. Like yeah. that's where we went to see grass. Well, in Long Island, I. I oh, I love that. He threw in the forty-seven thirty-nine. Is he the first there. one to throw down a PR? Yeah, I. I that's how I, I signed my name. I signed my initials, underline, put the PR. Very cool. Wow. Dude, well, Trevor, the, the trial and error of trying to figure out a signature. <laughs> I, here's the thing. You my, practice at home? I practiced for so long. <laughs> and here's the thing. My name's Trevor. I don't know how to do a cursive V. <laughs> it's so, always a you. You always accidentally go I, you. I just, I just did a line. I just kind of did another line, went straight into the OR. And, but here's the thing. Trying to write Trevor Bassett in cursive just takes so long. And Judd told me he's like, he's, he's like, you want to put your PR on it? And, oh, uh, someone put their PR there. I think it was Trayvon. Um, he's like, and it needs to be quick. It needs to be something quick because if you're signing a lot. And I worked at the YMCA last summer, and there was a lot of downtime. So literally during downtime, I'd just sit there, <laughs> had a notebook just with just so many terrible signatures on it. But you finally came up with but one. But we got one. <laughs> But you want to make it so it's recognizable, right? Like you look at Ashton Eaton's Emma Bay, so that when I have that and mm-hmm. I look at it years from now, instead of going, "Well, what's that scribble?" Like I don't know who that is. That doesn't help me. Arnold Palmer used to, and he's nobody signed more autographs than Arnold Palmer. But he always said, I "Wanted to write it, 
so that people could read it and they'd know what it was. See, and that's the thing. You don't know if that's uh, Trevor Bassett, Trayvon Bromel, I Tom no Brady. Idea who I got that a lot. Is. I got it could good be TB12. TB's got some great company. My problem is that when you run 46 point, that this now. Well, it helps you, you know can, you can, at what point in life you. It's literally yeah. a timestamp. So, my fiance, she bought a hat at Outdoor USA's and I signed it with the 4747. And then, literally, after my race, I signed it again with the 4739. So, we're going to have that hat that I'm going to sign each time nice. I get a new PR. How's the wedding planning coming along? You got to ask. I haven't really done much of it. <laughs> that's right. You've been busy. By the I way, picked, that's the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. I you picked, need to nod and be in agreement, but without acting like you're being exactly. dismissive of what they say. <laughs> so there's Just a, so you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I helped pick the tuxes that Good. me and the groomsmen are wearing. Better be black. It's uh, blue and burnt orange. Wow. Like wow. It. Yeah. See? Really, wow. A really nice, a, a dark, oh, dark audience. blue will work. And you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm just not even gonna do the orange tie. We might just have this instead of the orange tie. Oh. That's that's it's close. It's close enough. Sure. I hate to put you on the spot. Does Rye get a late invite to the wedding? Best man. Yeah, probably. Best I'll, best pro I'll, pro I'll probably shoot him an invite. President Rye. It's actually really funny because like obviously like the stories with me and Rye have been going crazy on social media. The best man of my wedding texted me said, "I heard I'm getting replaced as the best man." Uh, <laughs> I was like, "No, no, you guys are good. You guys were you are good. there? Were you around when he got the shirt that somebody put Rye Benjamin for I, president? I pointed out to him. Apparently, you're. Uh, he went through his cabinet. You'd be his secretary of defense. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. 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 So you saw, so it. the person was wearing this and then gave it to Rye. Yeah. Rye traded his jersey for it. Yeah. <laughs> so he, so we're walking the lap, and at this point, they have us in lane one and two to like not do pictures or anything because they're like, we we got to go to the media. And then I hear the guy say, like, I hear the kid yelling, he's loud. I look over, and I just see the black shirt with Rye's face on it. It says, Rye Benjamin. I, go, I was like, Rye, Rye. He's like, what? And I just pointed at him. And then I didn't realize it, because then he walked back by me. I was like, you got the shirt? He's like, I traded my jersey for it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's well, a, that kid came out ahead. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Trevor, yeah, Secretary of Defense, I'll take that. It's a title. Last thing before we let you go. You obviously know we're big fans of you. You share a lot of our stuff. Do you got anything nice to say about Sidious Magnum? You can look into that camera right there. Oh, right they've there, been organic, know. and now you finally That has not been that organic. What did the New York Post say about you guys? Or New York, New York Times? Times? We're New York the Times, track and field website. The Post website. is a rag. You don't yeah. want that. You said this what? We're the track and field website. I feel like you guys are more than the track and field website now. I feel like you're becoming the track and field account. Because with you guys, what helps a lot is like you guys are very, you're very open, relatable. You have former athletes. So you can kind of get these more personal answers. Not so, I went to run the race. Um, I just, I heard the gun and I Stay reacted. In my lane, just ran kinda, my race. Just, yeah. Stuck to like, the race plan. Like you get the very real reactions of like me, like trash talking hurdle eight for most of my <laughs> career to try to get through it mid race. So I think that's really I think that's gonna help grow the sport, grow athletes, and it's something that you guys are really setting the bar for. Thank you, Trevor. Trevor, yeah. you're and good for the sport. And right? they pay me ten bucks. Don't get out of bed for less wait, than twenty two thousand. Have you guys paid anyone else to be on this yet? No. Are you going to? No. You better not be lying you're to me. Sponsor. No, we know you like the NILs. Yeah, I'm all about it. You don't it. need that anymore though. Get, you got get that. the big money. <laughs> Let's go. That does it for another episode of the Sidious Mag Podcast. We'll bring you another interview from our Sidious Mag live show soon. Thanks again for listening and supporting all of our work during the World Athletics Championships. 
We're eager to keep the momentum going and share more stories around the athletes and people that make this sport the best. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to contribute to the show, back us on patreon.org or send over any tip or one-time donation to Sidious Mag on Venmo. You're all the best. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Chavez. See you next time.